Traumatic brain injury in the military has been associated with subsequent suicide, but does this also apply to concussions sustained in community settings? I'm Dr. Kirsten Patrick, Deputy Editor for CMAJ, and today I'm speaking with two of the authors of a CMAJ research article that looked at risk of suicide following a concussion. Interestingly, the authors also looked at whether the day of concussion identified patients at greater risk. Dr. Donald Redelmeyer is a general internist at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Centre, professor in the Department of Medicine at the University of Toronto, and senior scientist at the Institute for Clinical Evaluative Sciences in Toronto. Dr. Michael Freilich is a chief resident in internal medicine at the University of Toronto, as well as a trainee at the Institute for Clinical Evaluative Sciences. Hello, Don and Michael. Hello, Kirsten. Hey, Kirsten. Don, tell us, why did you want to research this question? Uh, for a long time, we've known that head injury can cause suicide in both military veterans as well as athletes. However, whether a mild concussion that's been acquired in just everyday community settings is also a risk factor, has never been tested. And, you know, for my patients, I've always worried that, that these invisible injuries sometimes do cause lasting damage despite the absence of findings on a brain scan. It is a fascinating research question and a concern. Mike, tell us about the very large patient population you analyzed in your study. Sure. So we studied adults diagnosed with a mild concussion in Ontario over the last 20 years and followed them up thereafter. This amounted to about a quarter of a million patients who sustained a concussion. Um, and the typical patient was a 40-year-old man uh, living in an urban area. Some other basic facts include that about 20% of the patients were over the age of 60, about half of the patients were male, and about one-fifth of patients had a past psychiatric history, the most common diagnosis being anxiety. And you also looked at whether the concussion occurred on a weekday or a weekend. Can you tell us why that would interest you? We thought it was sort of a, a readily available distinction because most concussions acquired on a weekday are related to occupational injuries, whereas most concussions acquired on the weekend are related to recreation. And those two but different situations may cause a, a major distinction when it comes to a subsequent outcomes. How did you distinguish between patients who received their concussion during the week or on a weekend? Where was your time cut off? We do that, I mean, according to the, uh, in the time of presentation, we define the weekend as from midnight on Friday night to midnight on Sunday night. And we, do, we define by the weekdays as all other times. And then we do at one point some much more delicate substratification, trying to determine if Tuesday is any different than a Friday, for example. So Don, does concussion increase the risk of suicide according to your findings? Our main finding was that over 600 of these concussion patients subsequently died from suicide. The median time delay was about six or seven years, and the risk amounted to about 32 deaths per 100,000 patients annually, which is over three times of the population average. And it was especially high if the concussion occurred on a weekend as opposed to a weekday. That's a very high risk. Mike, in your article, you mentioned other independent predictors of suicide. How did these factor in? 
A few of the uh, independent predictors of suicide that we observed in our study include uh, male sex, low income, and a past history of mental illness, as well as uh, substance use disorder. And the strongest past predictor was a past um, suicide attempt, which is consistent with previous studies on the topic of suicide. That sounds all very familiar. Don, what can be done to prevent concussions? Well, our main point is that adults diagnosed with a concussion have an increased long-term risk of suicide. None of the suicides occur in the first one or two months. And so that much more work needs to be done on both preventing a concussion as well as greater attention to the long-term health of patients after a concussion. All that may save lives because deaths from suicide can always be prevented. Is there anything particularly that could be done to identify those at risk of suicide following a concussion? Are there any special features that we might look out for? Oh, on top of the other, other predictors, in particular, being a man living in poverty with a past history of mental illness, the other new predictor that we discover here is the circumstances in which a concussion was acquired, whether it occurs as a weekend warrior from some sort of self-selected activity seems to be distinctly worrisome. That is an issue that will need a little bit more unpicking. Do you have plans to explore that a little bit more, the weekend phenomenon? That's a good question. Um, at this point in time, uh, we don't have specific a specific study plan, but I think it's always important that studies such as these are uh, validated and that the results we found based on the Ontario databases would also be true uh, using databases outside of Ontario. Um, uh, definitely a lot of interest when we've presented this article at uh, conferences. But even the authors of, of this article do not fully agree on the interpretation and exact best next steps. You mean the four authors of this particular study? Right. In terms of the interpretation of the difference between weekend concussions and weekday concussions, for example, you know, another source of speculation and, and, and possible opportunity for, for the future is, is how patients really feel about the situation after it's all over, i.e., do you blame the employer because of something that occurred in sort of the workforce environment, or can you only blame yourself because the activity was self-selected. That might make a big difference long-term in terms of, of control, self-image, and indeed how your family reacts to the situation. Yeah, I can imagine that's true. Suicide can be prevented. Maybe these people's lives are not gonna to be totally normal, but they did not have to be taken away at such a young age. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, chat with us. I've been speaking with Dr. Donald Redelmeyer and Dr. Michael Freilich. To read the research article they co-authored, visit cmaj.ca.